This is The Playbook. Woe is right. I am blessed to be here every week with the legendary, the Hall of Famer himself, Rick Macy, who I keep seeing everywhere, uh, especially with the Grand Slam tennis going on and his expertise and knowledge and insight. Welcome to Game Set Life, my partner in time, Rick Macy. David, glad to be here. I jumped off the court. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Oh, yeah. We have an ex- exceptional guest. He's not only one of my favorite players uh, on the court, as you say, but off the court and on TV. She's doing it all uh, in the most important position, being a mom. But before we get to our mom in our mom nation, which is a big part of your sport, um, let's talk about the Grand Slam and what's going on in tennis give me a little update i know you've been on the national circuit informing and and giving some insight uh what do you see in today's tennis world that we should be excited about well obviously novak djokovic 20 23 grand slams he now has the record you know it's unbelievable the guy 10 australian seven wimbledons three u.s open and now three french He's won 94 singles titles. He was number one in the world for 388 weeks. He's 36 years old. Okay. He is the goat. Okay. And you know, goats, they like to climb a lot of mountains. And this goat from Serbia is going to Mount Rushmore. So he is the goat. But listen, he's still feeling good. And what's crazy, David, we got Wimbledon around the corner and he's won the last four in a row. 18, 19, 18 and 19, 20. They didn't have it because of pandemic. 21 and two. He loves the grass. And after this, all this hoopla, he broke the record. His first thing was, I can't wait for Wimbledon. This guy's wired different. He takes negative, turn it a positive. Pressure, adversity, disappointment is his best friend. He's a whole different cat. But uh, there's still a lot left in the tank for the Joker. But there are some young guns on grass that are definitely going to challenge him. That's awesome. And, you know, there is a difference between men and women as we age. And uh, women, as I have seen, have an advantage in the aging process that a lot of women can hang on longer, uh, partly because of the biochemistry that exists uh, when you're a woman comparatively to a man, which a lot of time is based off of testosterone and ATP and things that automatically dissipate sometimes even dissolve as we get older what have you seen to be the differences uh with the longevity of men champions versus obviously nobody in the world knows better women champions yeah first off great question there's two real big factors in my opinion one it's the motivation you know andy roddick retired early because if he wasn't going to be in top 10 and he wasn't a threat He didn't want to start losing the hamburgers and cheeseburgers. You know what I mean? He just didn't want to go there. It wasn't even about the money. So I think the motivation is number one. Then obviously number two is the physicality. Can your body hold up? You know what I mean? And they kind of sometimes can go hand in hand, you know, because as you get older, you have different priorities, you know, maybe you want to get married, you want to have children, you know, everybody's a little bit different, Uh, but to see how long, Djokovic, he's 36. He's still at the mountaintop. It's it's unbelievable. And David, he didn't win his first slam till 2008. So he's won 23 of these things in the last 15 years. 
where when he won his first, Federer already had 16 in the back pocket. So that's a whole different thing. Uh, but then you got Venus and Serena. And the great VW is going to play a grass court, grass court tournament next week. And she's 42 years old. I don't think she'll win it. But with that serve and that attitude, you're going to have to still beat her. Yeah, she can still beat anyone on any given day, let alone Sunday in the sport that I love as well. Um, it's really interesting. How long do you think he can go? I mean, you know the sport, and there are some young guns. How many more Grand Slams do you think he has in him? Is he going to be able to play till he's 40? Or are we looking at one or two years max? Well, first off, if it wasn't for the pandemic, because you know he never got vaccinated. I tell everybody he has all the shots, but if he would got one more shot, he would have been probably with 27 Grand Slams by now. So listen, I think that he's a contender every time. It depends on his health. He's all about history. You know, what happens next is a mystery, but he's all about history now. And that's what these guys do when they, you know, he loves the competition. He's not going anywhere. But Alcarez, Sinner, Rune, these young guys, even Medvedev, all these guys have a say-so. But the Joker's not going anywhere. I think he can get three or four more. Okay, I really think that he has a lot left in him because he's just so solid mentally. David, he struggled against Casper Root in that first set, who, by the way, I coached Casper's dad, Christian, back in the day. He was Norway's finest until his son came along, which I'm sure the dad, he'll go with that. But he struggled, you know, mentally. He played Alcarez, which was the match of the year. He had to come back. That's a, that's a, He was a favorite. Casper's never taken a set. But once Joker got the first set, number 23 was in the oven, and the rest is history. Yeah, it certainly is, and I've been blessed. Uh, one of my fans is Djokovic's wife, believe it or not, and we spent some time in Portugal together and uh, wasn't even aware of who she was married to at the time until later on she had mentioned, oh, my husband – you know, enjoys your videos, which I thought was fun. So maybe I could take a small piece of the credit for motivating him. What do you think? Well, no, listen, he he's all about flipping things. I mean, I, I, David, when you're at that level, sports, business, anything, you look at the world through a different lens. And this guy looks at it through a very different lens. You know, what, what keeps him going? You know what I mean? I mean, it's, he's amazing. He really is. And like I said, I think there's three or four more in the oven. You know, one of the interesting philosophies in tennis, and you brought this to the forefront a couple of weeks ago, you said, you know, tennis is such a great sport because you can lose more games than you win, but yet still be the champion. And uh, I never thought, you know, not being a tennis pro myself or, you know, my wife who wants to be a tennis pro, uh, I never really thought of it that way. But I think entrepreneurship's, uh, the same way, you know, you can lose most of the games and still be the champion when it comes to business. Uh, and so resetting is such a great uh, tool or mechanism to reset after you take a kick in the face or a loss in a game. Uh, what are some of the best things that you coach for people to reset after maybe, you know, lo losing a bad game? Yeah, well, first off, you know, I always say this, you know, having the ability to forget, you got to remember to forget. To me, that's the leader in the clubhouse. That's the leader in the clubhouse. And if I could go back a little bit about Djokovic, think about this. He accidentally hit the ball boy at the U.S. Open 
uh, and got disqualified in the quarters. He could have won that slam. He got kicked out of Australia because, you know, he wasn't vaccinated. He didn't get to play a lot of things. And look how he's dealt with all this. He's taken that approach, that Muhammad Ali, me against the world, and made it his best friend. And that's what these guys do at the top. But that's what I try to teach all the kids. I gave a speech today. This is all about, I talked about the Joker. It's all about attitude and work ethic. Forget the forehand and backhand and the biomechanics. I can put Humpty Dumpty together and soak in the staff. But if you just try to outwork everybody and you have a great attitude, no matter where you end up, going to college for free, or you have a shot at the pros, you're going to be successful. Because how you deal with adversity and how you deal with problems, this Djokovic guy, uh, he's on another planet. Well, speaking about being on another planet, uh, this is one of my favorite people on Earth. Uh, she's the triple threat. She is absolutely gorgeous, fabulous. She's an amazing athlete, an incredible, intelligent woman who's leading uh, the way for the most important job in the world. Uh, my hero, my mentor is my mom, and she's leading the mommy nation. I know that you're going to give her an appropriate introduction, but all my love, you know, this is going to be Beauty and the Beast when we get this girl up here with us, the two, bu the two Buckeyes. But uh, let's bring on my dear friend, Sonia Richards-Ross. Hi, guys. Hey, hey Hi, Sonia. You're always so kind. Hi, Rick. How are you? Good, good. I'm glad you're on the show. Okay, well, we have super treats on this show. This isn't quite like the Housewives. We're the antithesis of the housewives because we're the optimists of all optimists, Rick and I. We only look for the light, the love, and the lessons in everyone. There's no drama here, Mama. I will just tell you that. But we have the best, we have the best intros in the world called the Common Thread Intro, and Rick Macy made these up. I want to put them to music and make him a rap star, but tell me what you think because you're around a lot of talent. Tell me if this kid, Rick Macy, can make bang it out here. Go ahead, Rick. It's all up to you. Well, David, first off, I'm not even going to get into that right away. First off, we have so many common threads. When I knew Sonia was on the show, this has more common threads than the My Pillow guy. The thread count is off the chart. <laughs> and before I get into the intro, think about this. Richard Allen Macy, Richard Williams, Sonia Richards Ross, and David Melcher, who's rich. Okay, so we got going on here now that we got now that we got all that out of the way showtime here we go number one jamaican breed bullet speed always in the lead longhorn stampede competitors plead serena pompton speed opponents bleed dead like a weed feet better than apollo creed all right david travels at supersonic speed does good deed plants a seed Golf swing like Sam Sneed. Number two, a blur on the track. Opponent see back. Sonya attack. Gold medal stack. <laughs> Venus and Serena, other side of the track. Mentally never crack. Love to whack. Nice gold medal pack. DM, always on track. Handles flack. Made a lot of jack. Lessons told. Meltzer's nuggets, solid gold. Number three, the Kingston Comet had the final say with the relay all day faster than a Chevrolet, okay? The Compton Comet with her play, opponents at bay. Number one, she stay, 
on Mount Rushmore today. Akron's finest travels like a comet, eats right, never vomit, getting stronger, okay? Never weaker. He is a world-class speaker. Number four, Mommy Nation on the show, uplifting women head to toe. SRR, changing the planet. And by the way, your abs are like granite, all right? Serena, a mommy with one in the oven, full loving, inspired everybody on earth, five months will give birth. And the final one, David takes care of his mom because she got him a date to the prom. Time for game, set, life with Atlanta's favorite housewife. Welcome to the show. What? That was incredible. <laughs> that was amazing. I love that. Thank you. Well, no thank problem. You. <laughs> but there, there's an agenda with your husband's speed and your speed. I want to know about your six-year-old. Oh, no, you froze for me. He there, has a motor right? like you and your husband. But we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I want to talk about, you know, this start. Obviously, you launched the Mommy Nation in 19 um, and really to help empower uh, black moms particularly as well. But I want to know about your mom. You know, I can't talk about my mom without crying. And uh, she's 80 years old now. And I, I live the most blessed existence. I mean, look behind me. I got 60,000 seats in my waiting room. And I think about that poor kid in Akron, Ohio, that literally, you know, probably wanted to quit more times than I wanted to try. And there was my mom saying, yeah. we don't quit. You know, this, this is what it's about. And when it, you know, she, you know, uh, great starts with hard, amazing starts with impossible. And that's where we're at right now. So uh, what was your mom like? Because you are an amazing mom and it means so much to you to empower moms. Yeah, um, you know, much like you, David, my mom was everything, you know, she, I always say that I feel like she was that perfect balance with my dad. Um, my dad was the one really pushing me. And my mom was always that soft shoulder for me to lean on and cry on who she wanted me to be great. But she also always reminded me that this was a sport. It was a passion or something I loved. It didn't define me. Um, and that she was always there for me, win, lose or draw. Um, and so you know, the kind of love that she showed my sister and I, it's, it's just, especially now that I am a mom, it just blows my mind. The level of commitment and sacrifices that she made uh, for me to live my dream. She's just one of the most unselfish, beautiful on the inside and on the outside uh, human beings that I know. And like you, I'm, you know, the reason that we are able to achieve greatness is because we stand on, on their shoulders. And so I just feel really blessed to have her as my mom too. First off, I, I, David, I love that. That's kind of like Richard Norseen. Richard was driving, you know, but Norseen treated him like little girls. So there was balance, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so what you just said is like, uh, uh, you got to have balance. You can't have both parents just grinding a hundred percent because that's a slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm going to go back to the Olympic side of stuff and, you know, running the four by four uh, relay and, the 400 meters by yourself in 2012 and winning the gold. The Olympics really intrigued me. And I'm friends with Apollo Ono. Uh, and I, I love the speed skating sport because, you know, I was joking with him that, you know, you can literally win by this profile. So this is, this is like a huge advantage in speed skating. 
But, you know, in the 400, even it's run so fast, you know, a little bit longer nose, you know, maybe the difference between gold and silver, but it takes four years and you did it in four, you did it in 2008, 2012. Um, I know pressure. I've been around it in all sports, but there's no pressure like training for four years to the yeah. highest level on the world stage uh, to have to perform one time to make yeah. it happen. You know, we were talking about in tennis, you can lose more games and still win the, the Wimbledon, <laughs> right? Uh, so yes. what 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 is that like to have that much pressure that you only have one chance to be your best? Um, you know, I think that you you painted the picture so well, David. It is, it is daunting. It is, it is, it is overwhelmingly challenging uh, to know that all of this work that you're putting in behind the scenes. I mean, you know, it's a full time job, five to six days a week. You're working towards this goal, and just have this one dream of having that moment, uh, you know, when the starter says go on that day in front of the fans in the stands and then on television, that you're going to be at your best. And, you know, for me, I've, I've experienced both, right, David, in 2008, I, 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 I now can say I won the bronze. It took me a long time <laughs> to be able to say that because I felt like I lost the gold. Um, and, you know, the moment I crossed the finish line, David, I was like, I have to wait four years to have this opportunity again. I mean, it's instant and it's, and it, and it's debilitating, you know, it's, it's crushing. Um, but then on the flip side of that, you know, when you get that experience of crossing that finish line first, you feel like you ran into your fairy tale ending and all of the hard work and all of the sacrifice and all of those things, you know, really uh, paid off um, and they were worth it. Um, but I think one of the things that has become very prominent is that in order to be at your best under those situations, you really have to be mentally sharp, mentally tough. And having a sports psychologist or someone like that to help to fine tune that is very valuable. And in 2012, I had that and I was able to combine my physical strength and prowess with my mental uh, you know, uh, preparedness to be able to be Olympic champion. But I tell you, it is not easy. <laughs> not easy. First off, I, I love that. Let me let me back the truck up a little bit from Jamaica. And then you moved to Fort Lauderdale, St. Thomas Aquinas, right yeah. down the road from me and Boca. Can you yeah. kind of tell everybody, you know, the move and you're going there, then on to the University of Texas? Yes. So, you know, my family were from Kingston, Jamaica, and I just have the fondest memories of growing up in Jamaica with my mom and dad. And, you know, I always say I kind of got the best of both worlds because being exposed to track and field at such a high level where everyone in the country just loves the sport so much, um, it really inspired me to want to be an Olympic champion. And then my mom and dad, who my mom is the youngest of six, all of her siblings had migrated to the States and they kept telling her, you got to get the girls over here if you want them to go to a great university and to have great opportunities. And so, you know, my parents made the move for us to, to come to the United States to be able to pursue our dreams. And so, you know, of course, at that time, they weren't 100% sure it would be track and field, but we all certainly hoped that I would be able to continue to, you know, to excel in the sport. And so we moved to South Florida I went to St. Thomas Aquinas. We won four state titles in track and field there. I got a full scholarship to UT and made my first Olympic team as a sophomore. So, you know, all of those decisions that they made for me along my journey, you know, prepared me and allowed me 
to to go on to do what I did. But you know, like I say, I, I really feel blessed to have been born in Jamaica, to have the exposure of track and field, see so many greats, and then go on to live live that dream. Well, I knew David, I wait, David, real quick, how important was the academics with your parents because you yes. 4.0, 4.0 GPA, and I yes. think it's important because yes. obviously I got a lot of student athletes and a lot of kids go to school, you know, college for free. How yes. important was that? Because uh, that was a big thing with Richard and Orsine Williams with Venus and Serena. Yeah, same thing with my dad. It was number one priority. It, my dad always said, if you can be the best on the track, you can be the best in the classroom. There's no reason that you can't get all A's and be the, you know, and be the best. And so it was a non-negotiable. I had to be great in the classroom to be able to go on the track and compete. And I really did like competing in the classroom. You know, I think the way my dad always phrased it made me feel like, why not? If any, if somebody else can do it, why, why can't I do it? And so, you know, our school was always, our schoolwork and our education was always priority. And I maintained a 4.0 GPA in, in, in high school and a 3.5 in college. And um, and I, I think it's what, you know, it's so important to make us well-rounded. Like my dad always said, you don't want to be one dimensional. You want to be able to do a lot of great things and to set that foundation. You got to do well in school. That's very similar to what my mom told me was you better be the best in your class and don't get hurt on the field. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> she, was, she was not worried about me being the best on the field, but doing my best. She always wanted me to do my best, yeah. which is great. Um, now you've been in the media for a while and starting as a sports analyst, which I have a fair amount of experience myself and I really enjoy it uh, because it is collaborative and it is positive and people really respect uh, the experience and knowledge that you have. Me in sports business, for example, you two in the analysis of the uh, position sports that, that you're involved with, but now you're in a whole different side of things. And I know when I moved from the sports business analyst side of things or marketing analyst into more of a media spot with followers yeah. and, and community, but yeah. you're really out there. You know, we, we live in Orange County and uh, we were blessed uh, to be offered, you know, to try out for some of the uh, well-known shows in the world. And my wife and I were like, no, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, but we didn't really want that type of exposure, uh, yeah. especially because my wife will say anything. <laughs> uh, but i don't know how you handle it sonia like i that is the most dramatic show in the world I, it's so dramatic that it, i can't go to sleep if i watch it and i have to have my wife record she records the parts that you're on because i'm your super fan i i really am and i get defensive if anyone's mean to you uh but i can't watch the whole show but how do you deal with all that drama and it's a different type of media than yeah. the one that you're normally used to. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, honestly being an athlete prepared me a lot for what comes with being in this kind of spotlight. You know, I think I've learned how to quiet the noise and just focus on the opportunity. And I see the real housewives of Atlanta as a phenomenal opportunity, you know, to continue to grow my brand. You know, there is no blueprint, David, after you win Olympic gold medal, um, like what do you do next? You know, most athletes, you dedicate your whole life to to this sport and by 30 you're you're retired you know and outside of the obvious coaching or you know thank god i get to do the broadcasting you know there it's it's not as easy to figure out your next um you know what the next thing is so i feel very blessed to 
have made this transition and still be doing stuff with NBC to work with Nike and to be on this platform. Um, and, you know, I just think, you know, that the drama kind of comes with it and I'm learning how to navigate that drama <laughs> um, and just kind of having fun as I go and just hoping to be a positive light in the space. So, you know, I take the good with the bad, but it's, it's overall been a really good experience. And I, you know, continue to hope to grow as a TV personality on this platform. You can always just knock somebody out if you ever want to get off the show. <laughs> exactly. You know, you'll get like millions and millions of followers, everybody <laughs> ganging up behind you. Good for you. Somebody finally hit her across the face. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not 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 a proposal. Go ahead, Rick. No, first off, I love that. I mean, sports prepared her for what was next. Failure, disappointment, commitment, desire, dedication, you know, noise, all this stuff. But she was sharp enough to be able to use that in the next phase of your life. Okay. Yeah. And that's why sports is huge, you know, especially track and field. It's kind of you against you, you know? Yeah. So I love that answer. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Rick. Amazing. Now the mommy nation, you know, there's a lot, I think perception. It's interesting. I would say the number one thing that resonates with people is when I talk about my mom and the lessons and the love that I have from and for her. Um, and I always say, I'll, I'll never start for one reason. They're not going to put me on the housewives, but I'll never start because I could just start a coaching group with people with mommy issues. And, uh, and that's about everybody on earth. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for you, it's really at the forefront of your purpose. Um, yeah. And our country, the world can change if we support and encourage our moms to lead the way. Uh, I wish we would have a mom as a president. I know to be the best president we've ever had on earth. And uh, every time I see a wonderful mom running for president, that's always, no matter what party, that's my primary choice uh, because I know the higher uh, level, I'm just, you know, blown away. You know, where do you see the biggest issues today, especially for black moms? You know, yeah. what you you blog, you're in there. What are some of the issues that we need to be aware of especially the middle-aged white male that we can support all moms, but particularly women of color. Yeah, David, thank you so much for, for asking that because I think it's, it's such an important topic. Um, and I'm just so grateful to be able to be an ambassador for it, but there are, you know, lots of ways that we can support black moms. One of the things that's at the forefront of mommy nations, um, uh, intentions this year is really trying to reduce the black maternal mortality rate. And so black women are four times more likely to die during childbirth than white women uh, for many reasons. Um, and so we really just want to call on everybody to do their part in helping to support black women because, you know, it should be the most joyous time of a woman's life and of a family's life experience. And for a lot of black women, it's not. And so this year, our mission for Mommy Nation Gives, because we have a nonprofit portion of our business, is to really raise money to be able to contribute to reducing that number um, you know, especially in America where we have so many resources and so much knowledge on how to deliver children safely to ensure that black women are having that experience. Um, and then also too, you know, there's also, you know, disproportionately more single moms, more homeless moms in the black community. And so we just really want to provide resources for them so that they don't feel like they're alone. Um, because, you know, I know how challenging it can be to be a mom, uh, a black mom in America. And I have a lot of support and I have a ton of resources. So I can only imagine how hard it is and how lonely it must feel for women who are, you know, homeless or have, you know, are single mothers and really struggling trying to 
provide for their kids what we all want, you know, a better life and, you know, and great opportunities. So um, if you check out mommynation.com, we have lots of ways that you can support us. Um, but ultimately this year, we're really focused on the black maternal mortality rate and doing our part to um, increase the, you know, positive results of black moms who are having babies. Amazing. Rick, you got a question? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll kind of land the plane here, but I told everybody Sonia was going to uh, be on the show today, a uh, hundred parents and kids, and they all know you're a world-class athlete, but after this, everybody's going to know you're a world-class person, especially oh, on the God. inside. So, well, thank you so that, was, much. that was awesome. Thank you, thank you yes, so much. Yes, she is. I, I, I'm going to squeeze in one more question only because I promised my daughter, uh, Marissa, who's my oldest daughter, and she wanted to know what's the biggest lesson that you've learned from being an entrepreneur that you wish you would have known as an athlete? Ooh, what's the biggest lesson I've entrepreneur? That's a great one. Um, now you know why I'm, I'm so smart. I got all these questions from these kids for the last 24 years. Yes, <laughs> and you know that, you know what? She's so smart because people always ask me the, the other way. Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the biggest lesson as an athlete that I've brought over to being an entrepreneur? Um. I guess, I guess, I guess the first thing that, you know, kind of popped into my mind and it's not necessarily so much a lesson, it's just a, it's just a constant reminder is that you got to put in the work, right? Like, I feel like a lot of times people feel like because you put in your 10,000 hours in something else and you've excelled in something else, it's just going to automatically parlay into this next thing that you do. And it's not true. You know, I've, I've learned that with my business, I've got to be as diligent as I was as an athlete. I got to learn. I got to be willing to, you know, roll up my sleeves and get to work um, because no one's going to just give me a gold medal because I've won one on the track. And so, you know, I, I don't, I, I obviously know that that's not a lesson I learned from sports that I wish I'd learned in track, but it is absolutely been my experience. And, you know, I, I think sports has taught me how to deal with delayed gratification. So I got to work now for <laughs> a reward that comes in the future. And, and I'm okay with that. Well, you're doing an incredible job and we're honored both Rick Macy and I, Please promise me that you'll come back. I can't wait for the day I get to see you in person and give you a big hug. I'm so proud of you. You're going to change the world. Anything I can do to support you. I know Rick and I both feel the same way. Uh, please just reach out and ask. The four-time Olympic gold medalist, founder of Mommy Nation, and the incredible, my favorite housewife, uh, <laughs> next to my own wife and my mom, my favorite housewife on TV, that's Sonia Richard Ross. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Come back Thank and see so us. Nice Simon. to meet you, Rick. Thank you. Nice to meet you. That's awesome. She's amazing. Wow. What do you think, my friend? Oh, you know, listen, she's won a lot of gold, but here's the bottom line. She has a heart of gold. Yeah, you and can that, tell. That, no, no. That To me, that just trumps everything. You know, everything else was pregame warm-up. Uh, this is her calling. She's on a mission, and she's wired the right way. Uh, she's going to inspire so many people and change so many lives. Uh, we need more people in the world like Sonia. Yeah, I was just sad that when she came over at 12, they didn't bring her over to the Rick Macy Tennis Center uh, because she definitely won the genetic jackpot. She's super smart. And uh, if you've seen her run, I bet you could uh, get a powerful serve. And there's no lack of speed uh, in size and strength uh, in Sonia. She may have even given those girls a run for their money. She's such an unbelievable athlete. Uh, but we're blessed by these guests. What's your takeaway for the day? No, I think, you know, the, the takeaway is 
you know, you got someone who has been to the mountaintop with all the gold medals, you know, the cream of the crop. You can't go any higher, okay? But she's not satisfied. And she has to start over and prove herself all over again. And I think that's a great message for anybody. I mean, David, I still grab a broom and sweep the sidewalk at the park to clean it up and pick up garbage. And every every day you got to prove yourself. No one's going to, like she said, give her a gold medal. And I think there's a huge message there. And if you have that mindset and that approach, uh, the best is down the road. Yeah, my takeaway, I agree, is, you know, don't discount how important a good mom is. You know, they may not listen to the moms, but they watch your mom. And, you know, the idea of, you know, being the best that you can be, doing your best, learning lessons, having fun in life, being a good person, a kind person, uh, knowing that your heart is so important. You learn that from our moms about how to be caring, not just for your own family, but for other people's family. And that came across in Sonia so uh, illustrious in its way. Uh, I cannot wait to see what she does for our country and for the world uh, as she has already in athletics, but now as a media star and as an entrepreneur, the same holds true for my incredible friend, the man who keeps me informed in not only the tennis world, but in the world of perception, Rick Macy, he's empowering me every day. If you haven't seen his content, check it out. It's so, oh my gosh, inspirational and educational. Uh, there's years of wisdom and talk about a heart of gold. I don't know if you have a gold medal, Rick, but you deserve one uh, <laughs> because you are just the biggest hearted, nicest, hardest working man I know. And your girls are lucky to have you as well. Rick Macy, everyone, the legend himself, Hall of Fame tennis coach and number one in my heart, my partner in Game Set Life. Come here every week to learn more as we bring the best out of others to give to all of you. Thanks so much for joining me, Rick. All right. See you next week, buddy. You got it. We'll have you. I got to get this guy live sometime. I go visit. He's just so addicted to his own court. It's hard to get him off of it. I know the feeling, though. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you got to see me. Come to the American Airlines Lounge. Probably the most consistent place I am. More importantly, email me if you need anything. David at dmelzer.com. I'll sign a book, send it to you. Pay for shipping in the book from the greatest stadium in the world, SoFi Stadium. Uh, we are blessed to be more interested than interesting. Remember, like Sonia, like Rick, like myself, be kind. Be kind to your future self and do good deeds.